Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast from Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to get into God's Word every single day, so we decided to read through the Bible chronologically and talk about it together. Thanks for listening. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here with Chelsea. Uh, we are still digging into Job. Uh, Chelsea, what stuck out to you today as we read through things? So in this first part of the passage we're studying today, which is Job chapter 12 through, where are we, Ryan? 12 through... 14? Uh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting in here. Yeah. So in the first part of 12, he is breaking down his friend's theology. So we see how these friends think again. If you do this, then this happens. You must have been wicked for all this suffering to happen, Job. But Job is breaking it down. He's like, no, this isn't true because you see that the wicked are prospering. You see what the, the righteous are being led away. This doesn't make sense in the real world. And so he's unpersuaded by what their version of God and theology looks like. So he wants to take his case before God. What did you think, Ryan? Um, It's something that we could continually bring up. And and some of the things that stick out with Job, I think they'll stick out, you know, similar days. Uh, One is this courtroom uh, narrative kind of thing. Like you you are transported to this courtroom several times. Like mm-hmm. the, the story starts with a courtroom. Uh, Job is continually talking about this courtroom. Um, you get the idea that there's some kind of important thing going on here. But you also start to see that really in Job's mind, the only thing that matters in that courtroom is God. And like God's plan and God's way is going to be seen through fruition and nothing is going to stop it. And so I really do love um, the, the picture of the supremacy of God uh, throughout Job. I mean, you, you won't just see it today. You've seen it other days. Um, but, but Job understands that God is sovereign over all events. And so if God wants to take his family, he can. It's his sovereign plan. He can do that. Right. Um, the, the, his friends don't necessarily see things that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I also am kind of, I don't know, kind of drawn to Job's description of humanity. Like Job starts to talk about how our lives, man, they're, they're kind of insignificant when compared to what God is doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that's a tough thing to take. Yeah. You know, it's I, hard to talk about. <laughs> I really like to think that everything I'm doing is so very important, uh, including <laughs> this podcast, of course. Um, but Job is making the case that, like, look, everything that we think is so awesome, compared to what God is doing, compared to God's splendor, His majesty, it's nothing. And so, you know, if if it's kind of crazy to actually say out loud, but if, if God wants to take things from us, He can. Because the thing that matters is that God is sovereign over the world, He's sovereign over our lives, and we want to serve Him well. You'll also see... Um, kind of sometimes if you're listening closely, uh, sometimes it sounds like Job is talking as though he's kind of guilty. Like he'll say some things that are like, I'm not sure I want to stand before God, or if I do stand before God, I'm doomed. And you'll, you'll kind of, at least me, I kind of start to wonder like, why is he talking like that? Like he is sounding like he's guilty, but actually what he's doing is understanding that if a, if a man stands before God, that is not going to go well. Like, like God is so majestic. He's so powerful. And it is kind of this ancient idea that we see in different parts of scripture that if we stand before God, that's a dangerous, dangerous place to be. Yeah, Well, we see it even in the new Testament. Exactly. Our our righteous works are like filthy rags before God. Nothing. So Job is like, this is the epitome of humility, knowing that he is a righteous person. He knows he's innocent Mm -hmm. and still he knows God is holy just because Job is upright doesn't mean he has the holiness of God. He would never presume to think that he could stand before God and 
be a witness to his holiness and still be around to tell about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, and we even see that though. He's so convinced of his innocence. So again, we, we just know Job thinks he is a hundred percent innocent. He is so convinced of it that he's still willing to stand before God, even though he's terrified of it. And, and all the characters are becoming more bold. Yeah. So, so the friends are becoming more bold. You're crazy. Like you definitely did wrong things. Why don't you just own up to this? And Job is becoming more bold. No, yeah. I'm not. I would like to now officially go directly to God. God, if you can hear me, let's do this. Yeah. 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 And so Job is wrapping up what um, in the book of Job, there's these three cycles of speeches. So this is the end of the first cycle right now. Um, two more, huh? Two more cycles to go. <laughs> But guys, thanks so much for reading along with us. Uh, Again, we hope your faith is growing. We hope your understanding of who God is is growing. And we can't wait to read again tomorrow. See ya. Bye. Job's fourth speech from Job chapter 12. Then Job spoke again. You people really know everything, don't you? And when you die, wisdom will die with you. Well, I know a few things myself, and you're no better than I am. Who doesn't know these things you've been saying? Yet my friends laugh at me, for I call on God and expect an answer. I am just and a blameless man, yet they laugh at me. People who are at ease mock those in trouble. They give a push to people who are stumbling. And those who provoke God live in safety, though God keeps them in his power. Just ask the animals and they will teach you. Ask the birds of the sky and they will tell you. Speak to the earth and it will instruct you. Let the fish in the sea speak to you, for they all know that my disaster has come from the hand of the Lord. For the life of everything, every living thing is in his hand. And the breath of every human being. The ear tests the word it hears, just as the mouth distinguishes between foods. Wisdom belongs to the aged and understanding to the old. But true wisdom and power are found in God. Counsel and understanding are His. What He destroys cannot be rebuilt. When He puts someone in prison, there is no escape. If He holds back the rain, the earth becomes a desert. If He releases the waters, they flood the earth. Yes, strength and wisdom are His. Deceivers and deceived are both in His power. He leads counselors away, stripped of good judgment. Wise judges become fools. He removes the royal robe of kings. They are led away with ropes around their waist. He leads priests away, stripped of status. He overthrows those with long years in power. He silences the trusted advisor and removes the insight of elders. He pours disgrace upon princes and disarms the strong. He uncovers mysteries hidden in darkness. He brings light to the deepest gloom. He builds up nations and he destroys them. He expands nations and he abandons them. He strips kings of understanding and leaves them wandering in a pathless wasteland. They grope in the darkness without a light. He makes them stagger like drunkards. Look, I have seen all of this with my own eyes and heard it with my own ears. And now I understand. I know as much as you do. You are no better than I am. As for me, I would speak directly to the Almighty. I want to argue my case with God himself. As for you, you smear me with lies. As physicians, you are worthless quacks. If only you could be silent. That's the wisest thing you could do. Listen to my charge. Pay attention to my arguments. Are you defending God with lies? Do you make your dishonest arguments for his sake? Will you slant your testimony in his favor? Will you argue God's case for him? What will happen when he finds out what you're doing? Can you fool him as easily as you fool people? No, you will be in trouble with him if you secretly slant your testimony in his favor. Doesn't his majesty terrify you? 
Doesn't your fear of him doesn't your fear of him overwhelm you? Your platitudes are as valuable as ashes. Your defense is as fragile as a clay pot. Be silent now and leave me alone. Let me speak and I will face the consequences. Why should I put myself in mortal danger and take my life in my own hands? God might kill me, but I have no other hope. I'm going to argue my case with him. But this is what will save me. I am not godless. If I were, I could not stand before him. Listen closely to what I'm about to say. Hear me out. I have prepared my case. I will be proved innocent. Who can argue with me over this? And if you prove me wrong, I will remain silent and die. O oh God, grant me these two things, and then I'll be able to face you. Remove your heavy hand from me, and don't terrify me with your awesome presence. Now summon me, and I will answer. Or let me speak to you, and you reply. Tell me, what have I done wrong? Show me my rebellion and my sin. Why do you turn away from me? Why do you treat me as your enemy? Would you terrify a leaf blown in the wind? Would you chase a dry straw? You write bitter accusations against me and bring up all the sins of my youth. You put my feet in stocks. You examine all my paths. You trace all my footprints. I waste away like rotting wood, like a moth-eaten coat. How frail is humanity. How short is life. How full of trouble. We blossom like a flower and then wither. Like a passing shadow, we quickly disappear. Must you keep an eye on such a frail creature and demand an accounting from me? Who can bring purity out of an impure person? No one. You have decided the length of our lives. You know how many months we will live. And we are not given a minute longer. So leave us alone and let us rest. We are like hired hands, so let us finish our work in peace. Even a tree has more hope. If it is cut down, it will sprout again and grow new branches. Though its roots have grown old in the earth and the stump decays, at the scent of water it will bud and sprout again like a new seedling. But when people die, their strength is gone. They breathe their last, and where are they? As water evaporates from a lake and a river disappears in drought, people are laid to rest and do not rise again. Until the heavens are no more, they will not wake up, nor be roused from their sleep. I wish you would hide me in the grave and forget me there until your anger has passed, but mark your calendar to think of me again. Can the dead live again? If so, this would give me hope through all my years of struggle, and I would eagerly await the release of death. You would call, and I would answer, and you would yearn for me your handiwork. For then you would guard my steps, instead of watching for my sins. My sins would be sealed in a pouch, and you would cover my guilt. But instead, as mountains fall and crumble, and as rocks fall from a cliff, as water wears away the stones, and the floods wash away the soil, so you destroy people's hope. You always overpower them, and they pass from the scene. You disfigure them in death and send them away. They never know if their children grow up in honor or sink to insignificance. They suffer painfully. Their life is full of trouble.